and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fleet Geeks podcast. I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by some amazing guests uh, to talk about Transport Manager CPD and what CPD we do. So CPD stands for Continuing Professional Development and uh, we're going to talk about why that's important. Obviously, uh, those of you listening to the podcast, hopefully you realise that that gives you an opportunity for some CPD too. Uh, But less about that and more about our awesome guests. I'm joined today as usual by Mike uh, and by James. Those of you that have been listening recently will uh, have heard James in certainly recent podcasts and uh, I'm also joined by Tom as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a bit of an introduction round. So uh, over to you Mike first. Introduce yourself although they all know who you bloody are. (laughs) (laughs) Get used to this. Mike Vickers, um, transport manager, trainer, extraordinaire guru uh, for flagship partners. Yeah. I love that you've just called yourself a guru. A gunu, not a guru. <laughs> Can I say gunu, yeah. Fantastic. Appreciate that, Mike. Uh, Tom, if you're able to just introduce yourself, obviously, uh, Tom Reddy, if you're able to introduce yourself for the listeners, please. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me back again, Pete. Um, so I refer to myself mainly as a transport manager, so I do external transport management work. I also work as a consultant, so I'm helping operators with their various transport manager challenges. And um, I also do training, maybe not Google level as Mike, but um, Transport Manager CPC is my bag as well. Tom, appreciate that. And what's your, what's your company, Tom? Um, I trade under Green Candle Traction Limited. Fantastic. Appreciate that, Tom. Thank you very much for coming. Um, and James, over to you, if you're able to just introduce yourself for the listeners, please. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Hi, uh, Mike and Pete and Tom as well. Um, thanks for having me back on. Uh, uh, my name's James Adcroft. I am a transport compliance manager for a UK own account transport operator. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much, James, for introducing yourself. I think um, it's really nice to have us all in the room. So the four of us also are uh, support host in the Fleet Geeks peer-to-peer group as well. And it's uh, it's fantastic to be in the room with you guys. So I appreciate you uh, travelling over. James from a long way away and Tom, Tom too. So uh, yeah, really appreciate that. So first of all then, why is CPD important, I think is the first question. So James, over to you on that. Why is CPD important? Yeah, sure. It's a good question, isn't it? Why, why do we care? Why would we want to be talking about CPD? Uh, because I think if, you, if, if we were having this conversation seven or eight years ago, it probably wouldn't be uh, on our minds as much as it is now. But we've seen changes. So if you take the time to look at the Senior Traffic Tra- uh, Commissioner's statutory documents and pick up number three for transport managers, then CPD is mentioned. It, it talks about both the Traffic Commissioner and the Upper Tribunal recognising among the qualities that a transport manager needs, um, that ability to effectively and continuously manage transport activities is is taken into account when considering good repute and a transport manager's competence is part of that. And the stat docs go on to say that whilst we don't have in the UK specific um, uh, ongoing training specified for transport managers, um, that... Uh, 
a the requirement for a transport manager to, to maintain their knowledge beyond the qualification they take originally to have that access to the industry. So they'll go away and take a training week course with Mike or Tom and, and do their uh, transport manager CPC. Um, but that's not the end of it. The transport uh, commissioner expects that they will uh, continue with their learning. And, and, and the, the stat doc's very specific. It's in, in the, it says the practice of maintaining CPD should promote learning which is conscious and proactive. And what it's saying there is we don't sit back and waiting for something to happen. Oh, I need to learn about that or something goes wrong. You've, you, transport managers are mandated to maintain their knowledge, their industry knowledge, their legislative knowledge, so that... Um, should they ever be uh, applying for a change, a new license, any, uh, before a public inquiry, anything changes which may uh, stick their head above the parapet in front of the traffic commissioner, that, that competence and that, that ability to maintain their professional competence uh, will, will, uh, will be uh, important you know, and will be discussed. Appreciate that. Thank you, James. Uh, Tom, what about you? Why do you do CPD? Um, very personally speaking, I hate being caught on the hop with things. This question comes up and you don't know the answer to it. That can be, it's not a problem necessarily, but it can be quite affecting to that transport manager. You think, why don't I know that? I feel like I should know that. Where's the answer to it? So I, tr- I work very hard to make sure that if I don't know the answer, I know where to find it eventually. Um, and it comes up all the time. Every week there'll be something somebody will ask and I will need to give them a, a coherent answer so they know what to do going forward. Um, I'm getting to the point where most things now, you, you know what the answer is or where to find it, but there's always new things. So that's my main motivation. Just make sure you talk about you know giving value to your customers and stuff. They want you to be that person they can call on. So that's kind of where I come off with CPD, yeah. Fantastic. Appreciate that. Thank you. Mike, CPD. Why, why CPD for you, mate? CPD, yeah. For me, I, I, I just love learning stuff. Um, New stuff, uh, you know. I, was, I always remember a primary school teacher of mine uh, say, "You know, try to learn something day, today that you didn't know yesterday." And I've tried to do that through whatever it might be. I've tried to do that throughout my life. So I have got a thirst for knowledge. I, I'm I'm happy in in many ways to be um, to have a good all round knowledge without being necessarily a specialist in one particular area. Uh, one area of CPD that I'm looking at at the moment to improve myself on is is in. Uh, Presentation and speaking, um, as a trainer, you need those skills. It's quite interesting. I did an um then, you see, and that's one thing I'm trying to cut down on, the ums and the ahs. So we're very conscious of that um then. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, I'm trying to improve myself as a speaker and as a, as a, as a presenter. Uh, that's where I'm looking at the moment. Obviously, technically, yeah, as a trainer, you do have to keep abreast of things. So it's important for me to stay um, focused on that side of things. But, yeah, generally speaking, that's... Uh, that's me. Fantastic. Appreciate that, gents. Thank you very much. Um, interestingly, Mike, you've uh, you just reminded me of a story from way back when, when I first learnt to do training. And uh, when I first decided I was going to go and be a trainer, I thought, I need to learn to speak in front of people. Uh, so I went and did Toastmasters. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very keen on that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So I went and did Toastmasters. In Peterborough, there's a group called Anglia Communicators. Mm-hmm. And when I first went, they count your ums. So you get yeah. up and speak, and they count the number of ums it's and ums. It's cringing, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they feed back, and in a two-minute talk, I did something like 50 ums when mm. I first started. <laughs> and when I, by the time I'd finished, I was able to obviously speak without any ums. 
and that was uh, something that's quite difficult. So they, they call them filler words, for example. Yeah. It's very interesting, actually. If you do want to learn to speak and train well and not do the ums and ahs, uh, I would suggest uh, toast, Toastmasters. Look at me umming and ahhing there. Toastmasters, in, <laughs> Toastmasters is always a good shout. They, they also make you talk off the cuff. So you do what's called table topics, and you, there would be table topics for the, for the session, and you'd have to pick something totally random and not be able not be prepared to speak about it and just go and speak about it so very useful very particularly good. when you're doing a podcast oh, <laughs> um, oh. so yeah uh, anyway so so why CPD for me I think it's interesting actually CPD a lot of people mistake CPD for training mm. and actually they're not I think there's, right a, there's a clear right a clear defining point there that CPD is continuing professional development and it's around competence, that word that James uh, brought up. Uh, and competence and training, they do go hand in hand, but competence, uh, leading to competence, knowledge, like Tom said, uh, those things can be very helpful. And I think, I think sometimes it's important to know that we don't know what we don't know often. Mm. So listening to things like podcasts, whilst this may not necessarily be training for people it will also jog jog people's thought processes to go well actually i don't know much about that i'm going to go and have a look at that so uh good what uh what cpd do you do mike other than uh doing uh or having a look at your presentation skills what cpd do you do uh well i i i like uh, i'm not a fairly recent convert to uh youtube and podcasts and things like that only kind of since we started looking into this year or so ago um so i kind of uh, avail myself of as many podcasts as i can and watching youtube i know that sounds yeah, it can sound dangerous i suppose you know it's knowing what you need to know and being able to filter out the stuff that you might think is not necessarily accurate uh is is quite a skill but yeah i try to i try to sort of cover myself in that i must admit i don't do a great deal of reading anymore it kind of has replaced the reading uh uh, medium isn't it really uh, listening and watching so um, but they, yeah that's kind of where I get my, my CPD from mostly these days appreciate that Mike and I think that that's actually a really good point as well whilst people are listening and we're talking about CPD is that everyone listening will have preferences around how they learn as well and understanding that actually some people are visual learners some people are auditory learners so they learn from listening to stuff and some people learn from doing uh, kinesthetic learners so Interestingly, uh, Mike, you've shown a clear preference there for, for listening and watching things on YouTube, whereas many other people will go, actually, that doesn't work for me. I need to get out and do, do stuff. Yeah, 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 I need yeah. to get out and do stuff. Uh, so that's just an interesting uh, potential learning point for people listening to this. Tom, uh, what sort of CPD do you do? I do a lot of reading. I do enjoy the reading, but I do notice that can be a challenge in the last few years with attention spans because we just don't have the attention span to sit there and pour over a 60-page document. I often wonder how people manage it. You know, it, things have moved on from this. So I also like short-form webinar-type things that you can log into because finding the time to go on, you know, a day's training course, never mind a week sometimes, can be really hard. So I really like it, like an hour, two-hour webinar or podcast or something, and you can just get the information. And there are always bite-sized things that come up, you thought, why hadn't I thought about that before? There was one I was listening to recently, just for sake of argument, about V5 documents. What's the name and registered keeper and what does that mean? And those kind of things. So, yeah, I really like the short form. You can dip in and out of yeah. webinars. 
Fantastic. And um, I'm sure you do more than just listening to webinars and, and watching webinars. Where would you go if you got asked a question that you didn't know the answer to? Where would you go to find that? There's lots of places. The thing I recommend to everyone, firstly, if you don't know where to start, is the Traffic Commissioner and the DVSA mailing list, the email list you can sign up to, because they have a vast amount of information they will send you, but they don't often advertise it very well, so you have to go digging for those links once you have them. And there's a great starting point there. But it's, all the information is out there on the government website, mostly. James mentioned the statutory document. That's another great place. Uh, regulatory decisions of the traffic commissioners. If you search for that term on Google, that will take you to very in-depth, um, full write-ups of case, kind of case law we're talking about there, um, to give you an idea of what they're asking for at the moment. But you have to be interested enough to go and look for that stuff. It's not going to be handed to you. So you have to kind of put some time aside and... Um, yeah, and it, you get a real kind of nerdy interest in this thing when you start looking for stuff. Like, I want to find an answer out, or Mike said that, and where's that information? You can you can go and dig it out. So, But you really have to become that person who's going to research this stuff for yourself. Appreciate that. And um, you, you went as far as to create a training course for uh, transport managers. Are you able to tell the listeners a bit more about that and, and why it came about and, uh, and, and how that happened? Yeah, absolutely. We we talked for a long time, you know, me and you and, and the wider group for quite a number of years that there's a gap. When you come out of that exam, you're not you're not ready to jump into the position of transport manager. On paper, you're ready, but practically you're not. So I tried to think, what could I put together in, in a short form course, two or three days that would give people some confidence and some more competence. Now, I can't magic you into a transport manager in those three days but I cover a lot of the stuff that you don't cover in the exam more around what happens with DVSA what happens with the traffic commissions how to deal with the problems and we look at a lot of real life case studies stuff I've dealt with with my own operators and things like that so I called it transport manager unlocked it's a three-day course it's classroom or online based and it gives people the flexibility to to kind of fit that in somewhere but I it's not a one-size-fits-all solution but it's some stepping stone in the right direction to kind of develop that option for transport managers fantastic mate i appreciate that so that's uh that, that's certainly one for people to think about james what about you what cpd do you do <clears throat> do you know um pete I'm, I'm going to go back to something that you touched on and, and tom's touched on to answer that question about not knowing what you don't know and, and then um, and then Tom mentioned about, for example, the DVSA subscriptions, you know, that you can have fed into your inbox. For me, that's key for transport managers. So what's the trigger? What is it that's triggering you to go and learn something? Uh, and and, and I'm, if I'm talking specifically about transport, road transport and changes, if you've, if you've um, as Tom says, uh, you're using the DVSA subscriptions, they're coming straight into your inbox, fairly short, one minute read. Um, you may uh, have trade or, may trade organisation memberships and they'll fire something to your inbox once a week and tells you what's going on. Uh, in the trade press, uh, there's, there's a, a wide variety of trade press, some, some better than others, but I particularly like motor transport, transport manager, commercial motors, okay. And again, I think sometimes it's good to just skim over some of those. And what you're looking for is the trigger. So this year is a great example. This year we've seen updated Traffic Commissioner statutory documents. We've seen changes to a DVS pending. We've got the driver CPC consultation out. We've um, seen all these changes this year. 
and and if you find that things are coming upon you and you're not you don't you don't you don't know about it, then that's where your CPD is missing. And I would urge people to go to those um, uh, those uh, suggestions we've had about uh, DVSA subscriptions or trade organisations. Get some stuff dropped into your inbox. Pick up a piece of trade press. You can get those online as well. Feed it into your inbox. Half an hour a week can easily then trigger you to to go and pick up. Actually, I don't know about that. There's been some changes to the HGV inspection manual. I didn't know that. And then let that let that guide your research and, and your development. So that's that's my that would be my first uh, point. I think beyond that, um, there's there's just it's an endless amount of stuff. it we've touched on reading, I've touched on trade press webinars are great. I think like Tom says. There's lots of conferences out there that are varying value across the year. So it's good to, and again, you'll pick up those from the trade press because they're always advertising in there so that they can get people to go along. So take a look at um, some of the conferences. I think I find that I'll tend to go along to them all at least once and then evaluate the value. You know, if it's great, then I'll go to that conference regularly. If I don't feel it's got a great amount of value for me, then I won't. So, uh, yeah, I would say read some stuff and get onto those subscriptions so that you can really learn. Back to your point, Pete, what, what is it? I don't know. What do I need to go and research a little bit more to make me a more up-to-date, competent, really knowledgeable transport manager? Fantastic, James. Appreciate that. Um, with regards, um, I know that you um, you you have uh, a, a team of transport managers who will report to you. What sort of training do, do you require them to do on an ongoing basis? So in the corporate world, and, and it, you know, large companies will all have a similar pattern, uh, you would hope that the, the organisation has helped facilitate some of that. So for example, you would want to do the, uh, a TMCPC refresher every, shall we say, three years. It can be two, it can be five, it's up to that organisation. But I would certainly recommend if, if you're in a position where you've got a group to transport managers, then lead the way on some of that. There's, there's nothing wrong. It's a real good base to start from is to do your TMCPC refresher every, shall we say, three years. Because um, if there has been legislative change in that period, then a good training company will be, uh, will be putting that in there to make sure you're up to date. Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders. We offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. Beyond that, really, it's I'm going to repeat what I've just said, but make sure your transport managers take that time out. The challenge for transport managers, um, and I know more about internal than I do about external. I'm sure you guys will be able to comment on the external, but I'm sure it's not too much different. The point I'm making is we're super busy. You know, the problem is internal transport managers have got a wealth of other responsibilities in terms of costs and service and, 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 and uh, people matters. They've got a team to lead. You know, all of those aspects are important. I'm sure external transport managers are the same in some ways, probably more conscious of some of those things. And so I think that what's really important is to encourage people to take that time out and, and don't wing it. 
diarise yourself some time. I'm going to spend half an hour every two weeks or one hour a month where I'm going to sit down, I'm going to catch up. That might lead me to diarise some other stuff, some other time to pick up on stuff. But my best advice would be um, don't... Um, don't do what the statutory document advises not to and be reactive. What am I, ask yourself, what am I doing proactively? And that's what I would encourage transport managers to do. What, what, how much time this month are you committing to doing a bit of reading and catch up? And honestly, it could be an hour and, you, and you'll be in great shape. Fantastic. Appreciate that, James. I think um, one of the things that I reflect on is that um, as, a, as an organisation and, and obviously as a podcast and with the networking and those kinds of things, Fleet Geeks, we're obviously really committed to CPD for, for transport managers. And it's really interesting to hear uh, or, or to record this podcast and hear the different range of stuff. I've got a bit of an open question, which is going to be a bit tricky with four uh, or three of you in the room, but I'm not going to direct it anywhere. I feel free to come in. Would you class networking, so for example, as a specific example, the Fleet Geeks networking that occurs on a, on a last Wednesday of the month or on a Saturday, would you class that as CPD? Go, Tom. I would say um, the nice thing about our particular group is we have you know, a measured period we can look at and we can see the people who've come on and developed as a direct result of that, so I would say for sure. Um, something definitely to think about is is who you spend your time around in the world of transport. Who's working with you? Do you meet up regularly? Do you have groups? Maybe a WhatsApp discussion, if that, that or more formalised meetings over Zoom, something like that. But the value you can get from that, from listening to the way other people deal with challenges, but also if they can tell you about their own challenges that you may never, you know, I'll, I'm not going to come across generally in my line of work, someone dealing with dangerous goods, for example, and but someone in that group may do, and then that will give you more that you can then go and read about or follow up or ask them questions. And the personal development aspect, remembering that it is your CPD, it is your personal preferences for what you need. If you feel like your knowledge is lacking or your ability with people, maybe, that's all the kind of stuff you can get from networking that you wouldn't necessarily be able to find in a more formalised way. So 100%, I would say. Appreciate that. Thank you, Tom. Uh, James, what about you? Do you think networking would class as CPD? It's, a, it's an interesting question. I think even if you wouldn't define that activity of getting in among a group of transport professionals in itself CPD, I agree with Tom. What you can get out of that if, you, if you're going to the right groups, mixing with the white circles, uh, is, is, is invaluable because it's just another source of trigger, isn't it? You're going to chat with somebody... And they mention something that you that you don't know or you're not sure about. Great, oh, I'm going to take note of that and I'm going to write about it. I, I'm I'm in entirely the same place as Tom, and I do lots of this. I, I spend a lot of time with with different groups of managers from different sectors, different transport sectors, doing different logistics operations. And it's about all of that widens my knowledge, introduces me to people who may be developing some new training, maybe learning uh, and, and opening up new opportunities for me. I, I've certainly. Uh, arranged transport managers to attend some really creative and exciting training off the back of just mixing among people who are doing different things. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the same place as Tom. It's it's absolutely invaluable. Fantastic, Mike. What's your thoughts? Yeah, for me as a trainer, definitely. I mean, definitely as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's you have to be a little bit of a jack of all trades 
but I know where I can find somebody who's a specialist um, because I'll have spoken to the concrete mixer guy or girl. Uh, I'll have spoken to the, 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 the people who do hazardous goods. Like you say, I know some really good people in the hazardous goods world that I would have never have known before um, if I hadn't networked because it was an area I've never really sort of delved too deeply into. So if, yeah, for sure, for me, definitely uh, networking just opens up those doors um, so that I can go to those specialists. I've got, you know, I've got, I'm quite proud actually of the fact that I've got quite a good um, uh, phone book on my phone. I've got quite a good um, contact list on my phone now. And I'm really probably, you know, if that gets better every, every, uh, you know, every, as, as time goes on, my network list gets, gets longer, which I'm really quite pleased with this time of life. Interesting. Fantastic. Appreciate that, Mike. I think um, one, one of the things that I've just been thinking about as I've reflected, as, as you guys have been speaking about the networking side of stuff, and, and my real, real passion is around the, the, what, what some people call the softer skills uh, of being a, uh, being a transport manager or being a professional in a, in a highly regulated industry. Now, I, I don't really like calling them soft skills, but I haven't come up with a better term no, for them yet. Yeah, yeah. And I think other people feel sort of the similar way. But we're focused very much on the technical on the technical elements of the transport. So if we think of a transport manager role or a fleet manager role, it's clear in the title that there's an element of transport, which is the technical knowledge we need around the law and uh, yeah. around the best practice. And there's also the manager element of it as well, which is about managing process, managing people, those kinds of things. So I think the one thing I'd like us to touch on, I'll just go around again so you each have some input, but obviously the, the manager side of it is very important. So like I say, managing process, managing procedures, managing policy, um, managing events that occur uh, within the, the work that a transport manager would do. But then additionally around the impact that the transport manager might have on the on the actual environment they they work in or the culture for example and what sort of uh, cpd would maybe suggest for those things i'm going to go straight back to you mike on oh that. yeah it's good good that's an area i'm really interested in it's it's for me the the human side of it the human element of it a, a, a person needs to be able to go into a room maybe full of drivers to have a briefing or a debriefing or talk about something really uh, difficult, um, have a difficult conversation with a group of people. So you need the skills to be able to communicate with that group as a whole and, and on an individual basis. Ten minutes later, you might be up in the boardroom discussing, uh, you know, some, some some stuff with a managing director. So you've got to be able to have that switch that you can communicate. Uh, as a, you know, it always says on the, the job adverts, doesn't it? Communicate at all levels. What does that really mean? You know, when people put that in job adverts, what does that really mean about a person? Can they communicate at all levels? And there's not that many people that I've ever come across that can really communicate at, at those at those levels. Um, and I think for me, that's that's a, a, you know a, a, an interesting area of personal development. And as I said earlier, that's communication, speaking, um, presenting is is really where my CPD is focused at this moment. It might change a little bit later on, but that's where I am at the moment. So yeah, for me, for sure, yeah. Appreciate that, Mike. Thank you very much. Uh, just to mess the order up a little bit, I'm going to go over to you, James. <laughs> no? Okay. Harry, if you can edit that, that'd be great. Uh, Tom, I'm going to come to you. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm very passionate about this particular point about transport managers, their people skills. Um, a lot of transport managers that I come across, and indeed operators who have transport managers, 
we have this situation of, of name only. We know we shouldn't have name only, but we know it's a problem. Um, and it's getting away from that idea that you're just someone who's ticking a few boxes um, and actually turning up and, and getting to know the drivers, getting to know the staff, working with the directors, all those things. They're actually very difficult to do. And I was chatting about in the group this last couple of weeks, wasn't I? Starting a new operator. Yeah. Um, this is the situation. We've got these drivers. This is their background. I know they're going to be challenging. Some Getting some input from the group for that. So I think that is really, really important to not forget about that. Get away from the idea that you're ancillary to the operation and decide how much how much you're going to be a part of it. You know, do they have an office? Are you going to go into the office? Are you going to sit down and be part of the team and, and those sorts of things? Now, it's different, of course, for every operator, but the people element is really, really important. Fantastic. Appreciate that. Thank you, Tom. Uh, James, over to you. What do you think about CPD and people skills for uh, transport and fleet managers and wh- where they'd go for that? So in terms of it as a, as, a, as a skill in a transport manager's toolkit, that's what it is. And it's essential, isn't it? We sometimes, it's easy, especially, again, I say about transport managers are super busy. Perhaps sometimes they're all there thinking that the only talent, the only competence I need in my tool bag is uh, transport legislative knowledge, understanding compliance, and then some operational stuff as well in terms of transport. But it's not. We have to be, we have to be leaders as well. Transport managers have to be leaders and they have to have really strong people skills. A bit like Tom just mentioned, they may be, these may be interpersonal skills that help you uh, deal with drivers. Uh, who you want to be on board and want to work for you and, and able to take your constructive criticism and, 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 and in order to develop them. Um, but also when you're dealing with operators or if you're an internal transport manager and you're dealing with, with, with managers and directors and all of that, I, I think that it's um, a skill that is, is one of those that's not so obvious. And I think, again, when we talk about being proactive in developing yourselves, it's a good one for transport managers to just double check. Is that a skill that's in my tool bag? Am I, am I really good at uh, dealing with people? And I would say in, alongside that people piece, when we start talking about people skills, you then have that whole HR element because that's really integral to being a good transport manager, understanding some of that HR legislation and then how employee legislation affects your drivers. And kind of that's all under one umbrella. And what a great one to add to your CPD. If you think it's a gap, then write it on the bottom and, 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 and consider doing something about it. Fantastic. I've actually just been making notes whilst you guys have been speaking. I've come up with ideas for about five or six different courses. Yeah, oh dear. <laughs> this can only mean work for Mike. <laughs> that, it basically does, Mike. It basically does. Um, so I guess uh, there, there's, there's some more questions around how we record our CPD and how we record that that's occurred. Um, and I guess I'm just going to go around each of you and just... Is there any final thoughts just to sort of wrap up essentially around how you record it? Any extra things that I might have missed or not asked? Uh, Mike, over to you. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the others in the room are going to come up with some really good suggestions here because, to be fair, it's probably where I'm not very good. Um, recording CPD is is something I'm pretty pretty shallow at. I've, I've got to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I will uh, from time to time. Um, you know, I'll make a note of something uh, in a diary. Uh, I still keep a, a paper diary, would you believe, a desk diary. Um, and, you know, if I need to flick back to that, it's probably in there. Probably. But it'll be interesting to see what the other guys have got to say, because, yeah, that's that's a difficulty for me. Not not being caught between of a generation of an era where 
I'm not massively comfortable with tech. It's not something that, you know, I've got used to over the years, but I'm not massively comfortable with it. So, you know, there may be some tech solutions out there, but I'm not great with that. So uh, I still, as I say, I've still got, I'm probably, anybody else got a paper diary? I'm, I'm the only one in the room with a paper diary? Oh, no. I think, I think you're on your own, Mike. Well, Tom, over to you. <laughs> it's another area that I was quite bad at for a long time, um, but I have made more of an effort now to kind of formalise the recording of it. I I know there are some. In fact, it was one of your your um, main guys, Pete um, Jay. He was talking about the online recording option. I don't have the website, but I'm sure you can put it in the show notes about how people can use that free service to record CPD. But I I use a basic um, basic table document and everything I do. If it's if it has some weight behind it, I tend to record those. I don't record everything I read and everything um, all my networking and, and conferences and things like that. But I do encourage people, if you are just starting out on this CPD thing, just record everything. And you'll soon pick up what's necessary to record and maybe what stuff you can leave off. Looking at my 2022 one here, and I recorded 68 hours of what I consider to be relevant transport-related CPD last year. So quite happy with that. And it also makes you accountable. Um, so I actually do it at the same time as I do my accounting and stuff like that. Because it's <laughs> another job that I always leave to the last minute. Far too long. Get into habit, do it monthly, do your accounts, update your CPD log. Um, and then if anyone ever needs to ask for it you've got it there DVSA traffic commissioner you've got some evidence Um, there's no right or wrong way to record it either but to have a document that you could present to someone or a digital format very worthwhile fantastic appreciate that Tom James over to you Um, I'm just going to add one build to that great advice in terms of documentation uh, and that is that on your document you're going to have the, the item that you did and probably a date that you did it so you've gone sort of record and my guidance would be if everything on your CPD has got a date next to it and complete then you should reflect on that because that means you haven't got anything you're planning on doing so I think a good CPD not only has that um, history of everything you've done exactly just like uh, Tom and Mike have described but there should always be one or two things on the bottom which haven't got a date next to them so you're always what, what's my next development piece when about, and that's where your notes go when I said earlier on you get triggered about something you, that you don't know or you, you meet someone and they mention someone to you that's where you write it you write it on your CPD document and then you can it shows you what you've done and what is it you've got to do Fantastic, fantastic advice, guys. I must say, and um, one one thing that I would add to that is a is a reflection, or as you revisit that, also note on there times that have occurred where you've implemented that knowledge or that CPD uh, is a really good thing when you when you do review it. I would suggest reviewing your CPD either monthly or quarterly, depending on what works for you. Um, there are some things that we've not mentioned that have occurred to me. I've had the benefit of not being interviewed and I guess these guys have been on the spot so there's a few things that I've just thought of as I've reflected you know you've got the opportunity to go to public inquiries they're going to be fantastic CPD opportunities for you um, you've got um, obviously the podcast and a, a wealth of information there and then just uh, I know I'm I'm probably a bit unique but I've invested quite a lot in, in my own CPD um, as uh, as the leader of flagship and obviously you, you'll all know sort of who, who I am and what I do but I'm very much committed to my own CPD in fact last well the last two years I've invested over a thousand pound a month in my own CPD um, doing a a range of stuff around leadership development I've done um, I I completed my level six health and safety uh, qualification which was important for me Um, that hasn't 
necessarily made me a better transport manager, but has enabled me to be able to help an operator uh, essentially comply with um, comply with HSE regulations as well, which also makes them a better um, a better operator. But again, it's also opened my eyes a lot more to safety culture, which then overcomes into the transport manager role as well. So a lot of that a lot of that CPD uh, has impacted. Uh, certainly my role uh, where I support transport operators and also around influence as well. So I've done things like NLP, for example, and that uh, it enables me to be able to communicate more clearly and uh, potentially influence stakeholders uh, increasingly, which I think is an important role uh, for any transport managers being able to influence uh, influence people. It's a key to success for them. So uh, I hope you found this useful. Gentlemen, thank you for joining thank me. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. And uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.